BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Fox News Podcasts presents the Brett Bear Podcast with Fox News Chief Political Anchor Brett Bear. Joining us tonight, Jim Gregg from Fox Sports at Augusta National. And Sam Reeves, businessman, lifelong golfer, one of the subjects of a new book about golf, The Ball in the Air, a golfing adventure by Michael Bamberger. Sam's also a longtime patron at the Masters. So let's head there first. Uh, Jim, good evening. Uh, set the stage for us. Good evening, Brett. Well, all eyes again will be on Tiger Woods. Uh, he's trying to come back, uh, had the massive injury and, and came back last year, made the cut. All of the eyes are on Tiger uh, as he tries once again to collect another green jacket and uh, continue the lore and the magic from 2019. And we'll just see Scotty Scheffler is trying to repeat. That's been a very difficult task here at Augusta National. All eyes also on Rory McIlroy as he tries to get the Grand Slam in golf. Uh, so those are probably the, the three main attractions right now. Brad. Yeah, there's also and the weather is going to be a big, big factor. Yeah, the weather is a big factor and a question mark. There's also, Jim, the, the whole thing about the live golfers playing versus the, the PGA Tour and how that dynamic works. We're looking at Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith and Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, yes, there's been a whole lot of tumult in the in the world of golf, and uh, it continues here, and, and it comes to Augusta National. But it's been a peaceful week. Everybody uh, putting their best foot forward. Uh, not a whole lot of controversy. The media is talking about it quite a bit. Of course, the Live guys, they have 18 guys in the tournament. They're hoping that they can have a good showing, trying to show uh, what they are doing uh, uh, is something that uh, golf is going to uh, have to deal with. They've dealt with it so far. Uh, Fred Ridley uh, spoke about it to the chairman of Augusta National, and he's trying to keep it the focus on the golf course yeah. and the focus and, on the Masters. And, that's and so big, far, that's been successful. That's a big focus. Sam, you've been to a ton of Masters. Uh, tell me your early story and how it's kind of changed. Okay, well, first of all, for all the golfers, this is a very special week. And uh, it's been going on since 1934. Actually, Brett, that was the year I was born. And, and we know Horton Smith won that year, and Gene Sarazen made his first double eagle the next year. I, my first Masters was 1955, and that was Middlecoff won that year. So I've been going 68 years off and on to uh, the Masters. And so my impression back in those days, uh, obviously it was Bobby Jones was the architect of that, and for me, in those days, Bobby Jones was a, obviously a legend in the sports world. We had a lot of legends in the sports world in those days. Babe Ruth, probably the greatest of all sports legends, and maybe Brady the second. But they were in that era. And in those days, uh, Brett, America needed heroes, if you would. So a lot of the sports people were heroes. And so Jones figured that. He has a kid that grew up 60 miles south of Atlanta. And so for me, Jones was an icon. Yeah. So I played sports, but then golf became. So my first was 55. Uh, you could get in for $5. There were two uh, gates uh, west of where the present uh, entry is today. You'd drive in, you'd park where the members uh, <laughs> practice today. You'd pay your $5 and you'd get uh, for 
25 cents, you'd get a ham and cheese, or you could get a pimento cheese or whatever. For a dollar, you'd have a full lunch. <laughs> but in those days, I think also for me, Brad, it was almost as ironical when I look back on it. We were seeing the chains of golf. Before that, it was Hogan. It was a lot of grays, and, and uh, it was a more of a drab. And you know, even the USGA, the, the Blue Blazers, and the and the Oxford colored uh, pants, everything. So there was a draft. There was almost a robotic way that golf played golf. And then at that time, fast forward, and at that time, Middlecoff won $5,000. Uh, five years, six years later, Palmer had come on the scene and the purse had already gone to 20000 So we moved from a drab, austere type of golf to now we have a person that comes on the scene of Flair Flamboyant, he attacked golf courses uh, with vigor and, and hit down on the ball, took these big divots, wore the yellows uh, instead, of way, instead of grays, he wore yellows and pinks, and he brought an enthusiasm. And that was also, Brett, a parallel of America. In that, those days, America was beginning to come out of the Second World War. We began, and there was this vibrancy. And so that's what golf was a prototype, if you would, of what was going on in America. Yeah. There's a great period to be. And to see the evolution of not only the Masters, but the game of golf, you know, back to this book, Sam, and you're one of the characters in this book. It really is a book, and I've read it now, uh, and it's great. It's a book about golf and it's how it mirrors life. Is that fair? That is fair. Because as... Uh, we were doing the, the, the book. I had known Michael for five, six years. I trusted him. I think he's a writer uh, writes on several levels. It's easy to make a narrative just, uh, just straightforward. But then very few writers have the ability to go so that you, the reader, have to be, fill in the narrative. But in this case, I think that there is a connection or relationship between golf and life and the external of golf, as we all know, it's it's very athletic. It takes coordination, uh, it takes speed, it takes uh, dexterity. It has all the trappings. You can play at a high level. You can determine what your level is. You can uh, you can achieve exceptionalism, but you can you can also measure where you are, and and that's the external. That's what we see in the in the the what we'll see from the players. But golf is also not unlike life. It's the internal. And those are all the emotions of life, the emotions of, 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 of joy and sorrow and, and again, giving your best, failing, succeeding. Uh, and, and with all of that, the next day you get up and try to do it again, just like we do in life. Yeah, it's an amazing read. Jim, you know Sam for a long time. Uh, it's pretty fun to have him in the, in a, the subject of a book. It's a great, great book, and, and, and he is the best friend of golf. And, and Sam, I've always wanted to ask you this, because you're one of the few people who's been in the presence of Bobby Jones, Arnold Palmer, Ben Hogan, and Tiger Woods. Can you describe the impact and the differences of them and how, and how they have transformed this game? Yeah, so first uh, person, I, I did uh, see Mr. Jones. I was in his presence. He obviously at that time was struggling very badly from syringomelia a spine disease. Uh, by the way, today, if he had it, he would be walking and everything until he found a correction for it. But so I never really sh was able to shake hands with him. Obviously, I've spent time uh, with uh, some of the other players you named. I've played with most of them 
And so I've, I've seen the involvement. And for me, Jim, golf itself started, uh, originally it was for rich men back in 1670 1800, and then old Tom Morris came along. And he started building golf courses on what was known as common land. It was abandoned land almost for these uh, cities and townships in England, Scotland, Ireland, and they would build these golf courses. So it was for the common man. And old Tom Morris kind of captured that. And then I think that, uh, that again, it's, it's Palmer brought that back in. That's what Tiger brings. So that to me is the genius of golf. It is for all peoples and is a, there's a connective relationship of what, how it touches the external and the internal. It touches our soul and it touches the outside. Sam, who do you like this week? I would, uh, obviously, most of us, uh, we're big uh, Rory Fran fans down in uh, South Florida. I'd love to see Rory win. My uh, great friend and everything is Adam Scott. He won 10 years ago. I was there with him. That would be, uh, that would be very special for him to repeat uh, on his 10th anniversary. But the, the favorite for most of us is Rory. He's such a wonderful human being also. Amazing, amazing young man. What were you going to say, Jim? I was just going to ask, uh, how have you made golf a way of life? Uh, and, and how have you applied it to every aspect of your life, Sam? Well, again, I think, again, it, 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 it covers both different, the external and the internal. I, I don't want to overdo it there. But yes, it is a, a thing that you use. You utilize the teachings of golf in, in life. It's also a great way, we all know, I wouldn't be connected with both of you, Brett and, and Jim, if it were not for golf. So it's a great connector. And so from that, you learn and you value and you build these relationships. Golf is a, you can play alone and you can play together. And so you, you, togetherness is a wonderful place to be. And golf brings that uh, to our friendships, et cetera. We'll continue right after this. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Sam, it's so interesting how you, how you like to talk about, you know, golf is on the same field as any other pro. What other sport does that happen in? And you can go out and play one day like Tiger Woods. You can go have three birdies, and then the next day, you can hate the game. You can be just awful, and, and, and you're back to that amateur status. But doesn't that kind of keep bringing you back? Because the game doesn't always reward you, but there's some sort of fascination that keeps reeling you back in. And I, I agree with that. I think there's a fascination. I think that's what brings us back uh, the next day. We, again, at the end of the day, no matter what happened that day, we wake up and we're uh, anxious to go the next day. And again, not to overdo it, uh, Jim, that's life itself. We get up and we, we, we have to go again. And I think that golf is uh, also, we don't know exactly what's going on. I don't know what drives Tiger Woods to spend two or three hours uh, a day getting ready to hit a practice ball and then another hour to two hours at night getting ready for the next day. The, the, the discipline and self-will of that is intense. Why is that? Because he loves golf. He wants to be in the arena. He wants to compete. And, and, and so he, he can sense 
that's part of his life. That's a part of the joy of life. Yeah. And that's the reason I think the connection is so strong. You know, Jim, we covered the uh, the Tiger accident, obviously, you and I, and uh, directly that day and the fallout from it. I've talked to people since who really are just amazed at the ability for him to be back in this stage at this arena again. Obviously, he made the cut last year, but to watch him uh, hit a ball. I mean, it, walking is a challenge because it's a hilly course, Augusta is. Uh, what about that? I mean, it's, it's astonishing, really. That's a great word, astonishing, because what he goes through just to get to the golf course, the constant rehab, the icing, obviously circulation is a problem, and, and, and just to put himself in the position, then the undulation here, the topography at Augusta National, this isn't like walking the Genesis at Riviera where it's much more flat. This is hard work, and it's not the golf, and Tiger has said that in his press conference yesterday and numerous times. He can still hit the golf ball, and he can hit it as far as these guys who knock it out there 320-plus yards. So that's not the problem. It's not the physically hitting the shot. You would think perhaps it would be, but it's not. It's the endurance, and it's the walking, and it's the undulation, and it's the cumulative of that. It's not that he's not in good shape. It's that the foot and the leg just can't handle that. So uh, he talked about yesterday, does he see perhaps that this could be the last time? And he said, quite honestly, he said, yeah, he's thought about it. Not saying it is, but that day will come and it will come soon. And he can't wait to get in that buggy when he's uh, 50 years old in three years and ride around with Sam's great friend, uh, Fred Couples and those guys on the senior tour because playing golf, he can still excel. It's the other physical aspect that's very difficult, Brad. Yeah, Sam, you hang around a lot of athletes. Uh, you know Tom Brady and Steph Curry, um, and you mentioned Roy McIlroy and your relationship. You know, I hear people say, "Oh, golf's not like a real sports sport." Um, I, I compel them to go out there and try to, you know, put the tee down on the on the tee ground and, and hit a ball. But I, I think when you look at those athletes, uh, how do you compare them? I, I think that uh, that golf uh, uses more more motions uh, than almost any other sport, also. And I think they are gifted. In, each of those that you've named are gifted in their own way, uh, and they are have a X factor that I'm not sure they even understand. And so uh, it's hard to compare one sport versus the next. It's even hard to compare one golfer versus the next. Rest assured, all four of the, those people you name are brilliant athletes. Probably the uh, some of the greatest. We know Steph changed the way basketball is played. We know what Tiger has done just by the purses, et cetera, et cetera. We know what Rory has done. Everybody says he can't win uh, the Augusta because of this, this, and this. The fact is he's won five majors. R Rory knows how to win majors. He knows how. Now, he's got to have the, the stars sort of line up, and, and Rory can get it in the house. So he'll be there. It was really interesting, Jim, when you spoke about uh, uh, Tiger, even this week, I'm told, uh, I was talking to Freddie yesterday, uh, even today, and he said even on Monday, Tiger had one gear, and by Tuesday, he had another gear. And he uh, actually was hitting the ball about another 20 or 25 yards farther Tuesday than he was on Monday. That, to me, is amazing that you can even time your game such as that. But again, Tiger's the most brilliant uh, player uh, the, 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 that I've ever, golf I've ever seen. You think he has another win in him? I'd, uh, that would be a, a stretch. Uh, again, everybody says don't ever say no for Tiger. Uh, obviously, the odds of that would be astronomical, Brett. Uh, obviously, everyone is hoping 
that the win would be a cut or top 10, for me, that would be a win for the ages. Yeah. But the crowds, Jim, they're still circling, aren't they? Well, they really are because, you know, in so many ways, Tiger Woods for his sport, he, he's Muhammad Ali. He's walking around as Muhammad Ali. And remember what that was like? Uh, he's one of one, not one of many. He's singular uh, in his greatness. And uh, he's just, he's just, he's an international treasure. Uh, Tom Brady has the same thing going. Michael Jordan has the same thing going. So the expectations are raised to such a height. He can go out and shoot three under par, but if he's four back, that's a failure. So he's, he's lived up and surpassed everybody's expectations. And just by being out here and doing this on a leg that by his own account, he might have lost on a life that is a blink of an eye and a snap of a finger away from being uh, wiped out in that crash, to think that he's doing this at this age, and obviously he won in 2019, which was before the accident, I think that perhaps that might have been the one that everybody was looking for at, at an advanced age uh, for golf, even though athletes are getting much further along. Brady played at 45. Uh, Phil Mickelson won a major over 50. So it, it's possible, but just the fact that he is doing this, it is, it is off the charts. I don't really know of anybody who has that amount of money, that amount of fame, that amount of glory that would go through what they're going through so that they can walk this course. Do you, Sam? I, I just don't know that person. Yeah, I, I think golf, that's, that's part of golf that we've just talked about earlier and everything. And I, I can give you a story like, uh, you know, almost two years ago, uh, Dick Ferris and I played in a, in a tournament that uh, was almost 100 years old, uh, the Swallows Tournament. And he could had uh, ALS. We, he wanted to play and everything. He couldn't, could not take uh, solid food. He would, he'd have to pull aside and, and feed himself. He was having to use ice cubes uh, to play and everything. Here's a man that changed uh, air travel force uh, through when he was the chairman of United. He changed Destination Golf Resort. As a co-founder of Pebble Beach, he was a uh, a member of Augusta, he was a chairman of the PGA, he did all these things. Why would he go out and play in a golf tournament where he's having to self-feed himself and use ice cubes just so that he could have, uh, get any type of fluid in his body. And then after we, we finished, we were fortunate enough to win and he holds a trophy up. And, and so my question is, what was he thinking? I have no idea what he was thinking, but it's, it, the, he was thinking of how, what golf was about. I'm sure in his mind, member, all members were welling up within. This is what it's about. And he, and he could, not, could not speak. And he wrote me, Brad, on there, uh, we won. Uh, and and that's, that's what, he, that's what he, he was about. So Tiger, he, he, he's out there. He wants to be in the arena. He, he loves this. It's a fascination and a connection that golf has over all of us that have played. Yeah. All of us that grew up and playing on munis, et cetera. Dick Ferris was a great guy. Let me leave you with this, Sam. What's your hope for this book, A Ball in the Air? I just uh, share golf. It's all it is, my only hope is, is four characters. I'm one of the one of four. Uh, the, the, the little girl, Fatima, that got out of Kathmandu, Brett. I can't imagine. No one gets out of Kathmandu. And so I think that she is, it's amazing what she's done and, and Ron French, he, golf saved his life. So I just hope it comes out that what golf, what it means at its deepest level and, and, and take what Michael has said, read what is not said. He has a famous, most three pertinent words in the whole book was after his 
uh, best friend, Fred, who'd played thousands, uh, hundreds of rounds with, uh, walked off the end of the pier in the ocean, uh, suicide. And then instead of trying to explain it, he put, I don't know. And I think that we don't quite know what the attraction is from God. We don't know a lot of things, but we do know as ancient of old said, when you say, I don't know, that's the beginning of knowing. And so as we take golf, take place in golf and we become part of it, that's the beginning of understanding what Tiger Woods, a little just a glimmer of why he's doing what he's doing. Well, Sam and Jim, I really appreciate the time. It's going to be a great week. Great talking to you guys. Thanks again, Brett. Thank you, Brett. Thanks so much. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.